0: Welcome to Millennial 703. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And we're joined by one of our dear friends, Micah. Welcome back, Micah. Thanks for having me.
1: It's been been a minute.
0: Yeah, so Pam couldn't make it this week, so we thought we would have Micah back on the show. Yeah, and this is our first episode since Joe Biden became our president. Hashtag my president. (laughs) Wow, there have been many scandals already in week one of his presidency i remember the first week of the trump administration you know the whole all the drama around the crowd sizes and uh all the other executive orders that trump put into place week one and there's scandals here in the biden administration you know what happens to both parties uh we found out joe biden has a peloton that was a very big scandal in the no. new york times uh we we found out he wears a rolex <sighs> He's so out of touch And uh, he also didn't wear a mask when he was at the Lincoln Memorial, just with his family.
2: Here's the question. Has he worn a tan suit yet? Because that is like the pinnacle of drama.
0: It's coming. Just you wait. (laughs) And we will all freak out. Did you guys see at the end of day one, at the end of Biden's first full day as president, Sean Hannity had a lower third on uh during his show
1: that said i saw this
0: what was it what did it say exactly
1: first week of biden administration a failure or something to that effect (laughs)
0: like that it was the first full day come on come on folks
1: well and in fairness with the peloton i mean it's likely that the white house hasn't seen a piece of fitness equipment in quite some time so (laughs) that might be why boom they were taking a drop
0: that's a mic drop In in fairness, the the Peloton has a camera and a microphone, so they were concerned about that. But so what? Just take it out. There's phones all over the White House. Yeah, exactly. They can figure it out. (laughs) Apparently, in the New York Times story, it was like Joe and Jill fight over who's going to ride first in the mornings. (laughs) Like, damn, these guys are big Peloton scandal.
2: Well, you know what else uh, we're seeing in the White House now that we haven't seen for a while are dogs.
0: They came to the White House on Monday, I saw. Yeah. That's nice.
2: Champ and major. Love it's it. Like real people live there again.
0: <laughs> Laura, Pam, and I did watch the inauguration live, and we streamed that on Patreon. Um, it was it was fun to watch together. I freaked out over Lady Gaga's performance. Uh, Laura freaked out over Garth Brooks' performance, so it was a y- yeah, rousing time.
2: I definitely <laughs> did. That's... Thanks for the invite, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have a
0: little PSA. So I took Brooklyn to the vet for just his usual checkup, the first checkup in Vegas. So I had a new vet and I found, I told them what food I'd been feeding Brooklyn. They just wanted to know out of curiosity. And um, I told them that I was feeding him grain free food. And the reason I've been giving Brooklyn grain free food is because my mom was high on this grain-free food craze for dogs. She was like, grain-free, got to do it. It's good for the dog. This was a few years ago at this point. So I'm like, okay, fine, mom, I'll do it. Well, turns out there was a study about two years ago by the FDA. They have found that grain-free food is actually probably not good for dogs. They're still looking into it. It's not conclusive yet, this study. But hundreds of dogs who have eaten grain-free food, whose breeds typically aren't prone to heart disease, are being diagnosed with heart disease, and they they see a relation there to the grain-free diets. Um, Brooklyn has had a small heart murmur for the past year or so. The vets have said maybe he's had it since birth, but I'm like, the vets haven't noticed it prior to a year ago. So the vet implied here in Vegas that possibly the heart murmur came from this grain-free food. So anyway, PSA, if you're a dog owner and you're feeding them grain-free food and you don't have to, get them off the grain-free food because apparently that's not good for dogs. Potentially it could be very dangerous.
2: I feed Canela Costco dog food. <laughs> I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Like no joke. <laughs> hmm It's really highly rated.
0: Yeah. I made a post in our millennial Facebook group about dog food, and a couple people were raving about the Costco stuff. I honestly, I take a look at that. I'm like, I'm not feeding my dog Costco dog food. But now, hearing what you just said and hearing some of what our, what our listeners said,
1: maybe I'll give it another look. I think the moral of the story is don't listen to your mom.
0: Uh, you know, I, I'm i glad you bring that up. I don't think there's been a single time in my life where my parents have given me good advice, like ever. I don't think that's ever occurred. Ever? Not once. No. And I was thinking about that because I was so frustrated by my mom giving me this advice about the grain-free food. Um, But anyway, we'll put a link in today's show notes to some information on this study. I'm going to link to the American Kennel Club. Also, a lot of our listeners were recommending dogfoodadvisor.com to see reviews about every kind of dog food under the sun. Laura, what's going on with you?
2: Um, well, for before you get into that, I just want to say in defense of your mom, I feel like there is always some new hot fad in terms of what's best to feed your dogs. So she's certainly yeah. not the only person to go through this. Oh, I know. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you were just trying to do the best thing for Brooklyn.
0: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so my neighbors and I recently found out because we got a letter from some legal group that somebody's trying to build a gas station literally right across the street from our building to like the point where I would look out my bedroom window and have a lovely view of a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> and they told us that they're having a community meeting um this week so that we can all come together and learn more about the proposal and voice our concerns
0: <laughs> it's there's... a gas station what's there
2: to I learn know. And, <laughs> but, like there's a coordinated effort amongst the neighbors everyone like we never talk to each other we all keep to ourselves but everybody's like are you going to the community meeting yeah we have to stop that from happening because like i don't want to i don't want like a gas station. We already have parking difficulties. Traffic is really bad. Like mm. there's no left hand access point for this thing. So people would be like coming down our private residential street to reach this stupid <laughs> gas station. And this cracks me up. <laughs> I know. So we're trying to prevent it from happening. And I'm pretty sure this person tried to do the same thing a couple years ago. And there was like community outcry that stopped it. So we're doing it again. <laughs>
0: power to the people that can work. Yeah. But I Laura wouldn't it be convenient to be able to walk across the street to grab a pack of smokes or some soda or some lottery tickets? Think of the upside it, here.
2: I'm learning a lot about what you think of me in this moment. <laughs> Going over to get my pack of smokes and my lottery <laughs> tickets and some some soda. Is that what you think it's some like? Some pop? Yeah. No. I, um First of all, I don't really it would literally be like it's a tiny residential street. <laughs> it would be yeah. so close to our home. Uh don't love the idea of what it would do to my property value. And Oh yeah. You know, it's I don't particularly want to be like Outside walking the dog and be like, there's a giant jo- there's the chevron, you know. Like, <laughs> I don't want that. And nobody else does. So
0: are you guys gonna like protest or something? You'll make large signs and like walk around the the site.
2: We're just gonna make it clear that because they're having to get like a special permit because it's it would be in violation of zoning law because it's so close to a residential area. Um mm-hmm. so we're gonna make it pretty clear that we're gonna be very vocal with county um folks who oversees that. No gas, that. kick my ass. Yeah. No gas. <laughs> kick my ass. Well, and there's like perpetual construction. Like anyone who's in like the Atlanta area knows it's like the construction is perpetual. It never ends. And this would just be like another thing on top of the pile of like already mounting construction that happens that makes our traffic terrible. So, no, and I don't want it in my backyard.
1: I mm-hmm. foresee another episode of Unsolved Mysteries coming your way if that gas station is
2: <laughs> saying-
1: actually built. But the other thing to consider, though, too, is there are health implications with putting yeah. in those oil drums in a residential area. So, I would definitely protest it.
2: Yeah. And it, it would also be right beside freshly dug water lines that they just did oh. last year. So I'm just like, no, I don't want it. Oh. I don't want it.
0: Well, this. for the sake of the show, I kind of hope it gets built because I want to hear Laura complaining about it's progress. Thank you. I in.
2: really really <laughs> appreciate um, your solidarity. I'm kidding, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, no.
0: I I hope it doesn't get built for your sake.
2: It probably won't. Like, as I said, they're already trying to get a special permit to do it because it's already against the rules. So fingers mm-hmm. crossed. I'll keep you guys updated.
0: I live in kind of a newer development. So this is something I think of, too. I'm not going to see a gas station across the street because there's houses right there. But, you know, it's up and coming. So I'm worried about what they're going to build around here that could potentially affect property value. So I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Strip clubs. Strip Decinos. clubs.
2: Now, if they were building a strip club across the street, it might be a... Would you
0: be okay with that? No, you wouldn't. No, I I
2: would not.
1: Then you're definitely getting Unsolved Mysteries back and a few other shows. (laughs)
2: Learned a lot about myself through this. I'm a potential murderer. (laughs) I'm a gas station rat. But in a sort of positive note, I've been playing, I think I mentioned this on the show before, and I would like to recommend this. Um, The Forest, it's available. You can get it on Steam or it's also available on PlayStation. It's a ton of fun (laughs) in kind of a dark way so the premise is that you crash land somewhere in the wilderness where there is some kind of like bio hazard thing going on that has turned people into like very violent zombies that like chase you and you have to build like fortresses and stuff to protect yourself from them so it's kind of like a forest survival game with the added Mm. um, storyline of like cannibalistic zombies running around (laughs) that you have to protect yourself from. Mm. Allegedly, there's a story in this game where like I'm supposed to be looking for my son who was also in the plane that crash landed for me, but I'm playing with a group and we're having a lot more fun making like various camps all around this island that we can navigate to rather than finding our son. (laughs) And it's gotten to the point. We're like every now and then we'll try to unlock some new achievement, and it's like, "Hey, like, do you remember Timmy? <laughs> You're supposed to be looking for him." <laughs> We're like, "Fuck Timmy!"
1: <laughs> Don't forget about Timmy. Timmy yeah. loves you. I'm give you that. Timmy needs your casual help. reminder every now <laughs> right. and then that you should be looking for your. Well, son. every
2: now and then you'll like find <laughs> one of his toys. Somewhere, like, if you get close to, like, anywhere where there's, like, debris and stuff, you'll, like, find a toy. Oh, yeah, Timmy. it's like, oh, yeah, I should be doing that. But I'm having so much more fun, like, playing. It's kind of like Breath of the Wild, but with Mm -hmm. zombies. (laughs) It's a lot of fun.
0: I've actually been playing a video game recently, too, that I was planning on recommending. I've been playing Rocket League.
2: Oh, yeah. This is
0: a soccer game but with cars, and it's actually been out for a few years. And I had it a few years ago, didn't get into it. About a week ago, one of my friends was like, hey, we should start playing Rocket League together online. And I was like, yeah, let me get warmed up with it. And instead of playing with him so far, I've just played by myself online. It's one of those great games where you can just jump in and out of really easily. That's why I like Mario Kart so Mm -hmm. much and Fall Guys. Um, So if you like you don't even really have to like soccer to like it if you like driving games definitely check it out because it's it's a lot of fun and that's my recommendation this week
1: micah have you watched uh wandavision yet i have not but i heard you talking a little bit about it on the last episode oh yeah micah's a millennial listener i forgot occasionally good thing we don't talk shit on him
0: well oh, okay, you know what? okay cool. when
1: any good guest host should do is listen to the prior show before they come on so they can make references and sound like they know what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I haven't seen it. Okay, Disney Plus, right? Yep. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Speaking of which, Mark and I are going to be recording a little WandaVision Q&A to put up on Patreon in the coming days. Uh, We put a post up over there. Yeah. Post over there at patreon.com slash millennial asking for your Questions about WandaVision. Um, We're only three episodes in at this point. So a lot of what we come up with might be conjecture, but Mark is like our resident MCU expert. So he'll be able to provide um, some really good insight for some of the things that are going on because it's kind of a confusing premise if Mm -hmm. you're not like, super up on, like, the comic book inspirations for it. So really looking forward to putting that together and having it up this week.
1: Awesome. You know, speaking of the last episode, Andrew, I'm just curious. Uh-oh. Did you resolve this whole Bumble issue? <laughs>
0: <sighs> well, I haven't heard from Ryan, whose Bumble profile I might have exposed. I don't think he's a millennial listener, thank goodness, because that would have been so embarrassing. Um, what do you mean, Resolved. Other than that, there's been no movement. I'm very disappointed. There seemed
1: to be a lot of confusion.
0: I I remain very disappointed in Jen. I feel like she misled me, and it's not okay. (laughs) And it's going to take some time before I can forgive her.
1: Can
2: you really blame her for you misunderstanding the information she provided you with?
0: I was busy hosting (laughs) the Bay Hangout, and I was excited to see this photo of me on Bumble, So I shared it with y'all and I just ran with it. <laughs> but that photo was misleading. The other faces were crossed out. And that made it seem like I've seen dating apps. I've been in dating apps. People wipe out other people's faces for privacy reasons. So I thought my face, the exposed face, was the person who was... You know, somebody was pretending to be me because it was my face well, that was. She's exposed. in the
2: Discord right now defending her honor. So
0: Yeah, I'm I'm blocking her right now. <laughs> no, it's yeah, we're gonna move on from it. I I'm I'm embarrassed by the whole situation. All joking aside, yes, I misread what Jen said, so it's okay. But then I did tell Jen, I said to Jen, I'm gonna delete the tweet, and you said no. Jen said no, keep up the tweet. And you knew I was sharing the incorrect information. <laughs> So we're both at fault here, frankly.
2: So we are going to jump into some updates out of Washington. So just a short while before recording this episode, actually, um, House impeachment managers brought the article of impeachment against Donald Trump to the Senate, which triggers the second impeachment trial against Trump. That is a first, first to second um, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer actually announced the trial would begin on February 9th. This will allow um, Trump's lawyers to prepare their defense, but it also gives the Senate time to confirm uh, Biden's cabinet appointees. So <sighs> I don't love it.
0: Did, did you see that when he was speaking on the floor? He said erection. <laughs> he
2: said erection fraud. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot of that going on, too, but, like, come on, man. Uh, Freudian slip. Um, how are you guys feeling about knowing that we're gearing up for another impeachment trial?
0: If McGon- if I almost Mc- said <laughs> because Mike is on. If McConnell stays the course, if he's going to vote to convict, which seems like could happen then this is going to get super interesting because a lot of Republicans might follow his lead. They might think, you know, if he's going to do it, I I can have more courage to do it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to follow the trial. I didn't follow the last one. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I
1: just hope that it's not overly distracting from the things that need to get done. And I know that's been a big narrative. I, I do absolutely think that it needs to happen because one of the biggest things coming out of what happened back on the 6th is that there needs to be accountability at the highest level. And then we'll go from there. But if you don't have accountability after what happened, you'll never have accountability. And for me, that's the biggest piece of all this. And you can take it even further beyond January 6th, going all the way back to events that have happened over the last you know, really eight to 10 months. And that's the biggest piece for me right now.
0: You have to make an example out of him. We can't say that that was okay. We can't say what his followers did was okay. And this is a way to do that. Absolutely. I
2: also just hope that this doesn't distract from the fact that there are members of Congress who need to be held accountable too. I feel like an impeachment trial can kind of be this like big shiny thing that everyone's tuned into because of course, you know, we're all aware of the high-profile nature of such a trial but there there are legit members of Congress and we're learning more every day but the Justice Department is investigating to find out more information about which members of Congress may have had a direct link to the events of January 6th and that's pretty terrifying too so I'm hoping people like Cruz and Holly and Marjorie Taylor Green and Lauren Babert they should all get theirs the very least should be removed from office Mm -hmm. um and then there's just some executive order good news that's continues to come out it's like every day yeah the man has like 50 new executive orders to sign um of course the day of this episode's recording um biden reversed the transgender ban in the military which was something that trump did um he also, um, in previous days, made some action to fortify DACA after Trump undid protections for undocumented people brought into the country's children. Um, he's also requiring non-citizens to be counted in the census to make sure that states all have accurate amounts of representation based on their populations, um, canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, and reinstated some travel restrictions that Trump <laughs> lifted in the days Prior to leaving office, for what reason I'm still unclear. Um, But there's so he could go golf there, right? (laughs) He wants to go to Scotland, I guess. Um, But yeah, there's actually (laughs) CNN actually has, and I don't like love to make CNN one of my primary sources, but they actually have a really nice breakdown of all the executive orders to show you like whether their executive orders to overturn something that Trump did or not, and sort of like a brief description of which what each one does. So definitely recommend checking that out
0: that transgender one was such bs i think at the time he said it came down to expensive healthcare costs and that's just such bullshit (laughs) especially when you think about the fact that the u.s government spends a trillion dollars a year on the military if there are some expenses involved i'm sure they could be covered just fine these people want to serve our country and you're telling them no it was outrageous.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just they were using healthcare as a tactic to discriminate against people. That's all yeah. it was. I mean, mm-hmm. this probably doesn't feel super present, but like we remember back in the day when don't ask, don't tell was a thing, right? Like there yeah. there was a time yeah. where you could be gay and serve in the military, you just couldn't tell anybody. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, the precedents for this kind of um Discrimination is pretty recent in our history. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can get better. Um I thought we could talk briefly about McConnell and the fucking filibuster <laughs> and how I'm so fucking sick of Mitch McConnell. Go ahead, Micah. You have thoughts.
1: <laughs> look, you know what you're gonna get from the man, so uh, the message to Democrats is you have the power. use it. Don't sit back and let them do the same thing that happened. To Obama, the same thing that happened to Clinton. Just take advantage of your position of power. That—that's my mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, Ossoff and Warnock were elected for a reason. You have control of the Senate now. You have control of the House. You have the presidency, because inevitably, what's going to happen is these Democrats are going to get voted out in 2022 if they don't make good on the promises that were made in. You know the 2020 election and that's my fear my fear i mean i know warnock has to you know fulfill um you know the remainder of this term and then is up for re-election again in 2022 but he's not the only one and i think the republicans are very good spin masters in terms of the narrative and they will play the narrative well look you elected the democrats and They didn't do anything for you. They were in power. They didn't get anything done. They didn't get you your checks. They didn't get you your vaccines. You know, they'll make up whatever the fuck they want to make up and spin it and it'll sound nice and we're going to be back into the same situation we were in when Trump was elected in 2016. So that's my fear.
2: Yeah, And for anyone who's not familiar with the filibuster, um, that's basically a means within the U.S. Senate to prevent a measure from coming to a vote by means of obstruction Um, So this is where you see senators taking the floor for literal hours to just talk and prevent a measure from coming to a vote. A really famous example of this that we can link to in the show notes (laughs) is Ted Cruz reading green eggs and ham on the Senate floor. That's
0: what I was just going to say. To prevent
2: a vote on government funding that would also fund Obamacare. (laughs) Um, It's just ridiculous. And the filibuster requires a 60-vote majority in order to end it and be able to move on with our lives and vote on these things. Democrats have the power to enact what is known as the nuclear option and basically just make it a a simple majority vote to end a filibuster. And now that Mitch McConnell is out of power, he's begging Chuck Schumer, who is the new Senate majority leader, to guarantee him in writing that they won't Kill the filibuster. And I agree with Micah. I'm like, fuck that. Fuck these people. No. They had no issue bending the rules to suit themselves when it was their time. And now it's our time and we want to get some shit done. So sit down.
1: Yeah. This whole concept of unity that they're throwing out there, it's just, it's nonsense. They don't want unity. That's, that's their tagline. No. That's their slogan for right now. And that's, again, <laughs> that's what they'll sell themselves on in, in two years. If in fact, we're not able to get stuff done. But yeah, filibuster is basically political porn. I mean, C-SPAN <laughs> loves that stuff.
2: Yeah, it and it's just a waste of time.
1: But one thing I did hear about uh, Bernie Sanders over the weekend talked about reconciliation.
2: Fill me in, please.
1: I want to make sure I get this right, but basically it allows the Senate to only ha- need to have a majority vote, as opposed to what you're saying with the filibuster, where you need two thirds, right, or sixty votes. Sorry,
2: yeah. So they could do that,
1: and I think they should, especially on things like the relief package, mm-hmm. which at this point is is an emergency package. People need this money. Right. It's not even like relief. It it's just, it's a necessity at this point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And what gets frustrating to me about this is I, I have seen a lot of hemming and hawing being like, oh, but we just have to be careful about, you know, what this would mean for the future. And like, if we do this to them, they could do it to us. And my take on it is they're going to do it anyway. They've already shown it. They're not going to play fair. They're never going to. And if they really wanted unity, they would all be in favor of bare minimum $1,400 checks going out ASAP. And that includes Joe Manchin. I know he's a Democrat, but he's like, <laughs> kind of, he, not really, right? Um <laughs> So yeah, if these people wanted unity, there would be a very simple way for them to achieve it. And they don't. They just want power. And I also like, in addition to this, it's a slightly different topic, but I do have a rage of the week. Just want to say and just want to elevate that Africa may not receive the COVID vaccine until at least next year, 2022. Wow. Um, I've even seen some estimates saying it could be as late as 2024 for widespread access And there's just a history on this planet of depriving the African continent of the kinds of medicines and pharmaceuticals that are very easily accessible in the Western world. And it's all to do with corruption and the kinds of contracts that these countries are entering into um and ultimately money and that's not what this should be mm-hmm. this should be free for everyone yeah this isn't like this isn't like an optional um measure that you should pay a premium for and it doesn't matter where in the world you live this should be equally accessible so i'm just yeah i'm really i'm angry and saddened by hearing about this and <laughs> It just makes me upset because as we're talking about the vaccine rollout in the Western world, we hear a lot about all of the kinks that have come up in the process. And certainly we have a lot of work to do to make that more streamlined. But I feel like in those conversations, topics like this get forgotten and people just sort of think of the other side of the world as being out of sight and out of mind But the reality is, even if you can't bring yourself to care about other people, you have to acknowledge the basic fact that we're not safe until we're all safe.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Shane said something uh, just now in the Discord. He said, depriving the continent of drugs that get tested on peoples of the continent. Yep. Well, there was some good vaccine news for Americans today. I thought Biden said that he believes anyone who wants a vaccine in the United States will be able to get one by spring. That's earlier than I was expecting. So I feel like that's good news for many of us here. Um, this is apparently further than the Trump administration would go. I mean, they were, they were promising about a million vaccines a day, um, vaccinations a day, which is what Biden is currently aiming for as well. So some people aren't thrilled by Biden saying 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days, because that's just what Trump has been doing anyway. On the other hand, Biden did say today that he wants to get vaccinations up to 1.5 million per day. So, you know, I said on the show a few weeks ago, I wasn't expecting to get a vaccine until like July or August. So if I was going to get one a couple months earlier, that would be great. And it, it sounds like we, might, we could get to some form of normalcy by the summer if anybody who wants one can get one by the spring.
2: I hope so. And this could just be anecdotal, but... It kind of doesn't feel like that's possible. Yeah. Just speaking from like, I'm sure we've all felt it. We know that there are vaccines in our areas, but good luck getting one. It feels like very unattainable at this point.
0: Right. Or simply finding information on when you might be able to get one. Because there's no national strategy right now. Hopefully there will be by the time, you know, once Biden has more time in in the White House. But Trump was leaving this up to the states. Yeah. Like he was virtually everything during this pandemic.
1: One of the things, though, that um, I had seen over the weekend, and and this just talks to kind of where we are right now, is that um, the Secretary of Health and Human Services still hasn't been sworn in. I don't even think he's been mm. confirmed.
2: Right. Um,
1: so, you know, you have to really... Think about what kind of situation the President is in he's not going to be able to solve this in a day in a week in two weeks or a month. He's been left this this massive heap of you know steaming pile like however you want to describe it, and the reality is that you know it it's going to take time, and I think when they look back on you know the Trump administration in particular, it's going to be an exercise on failed leadership I mean that mm-hmm. that's what this is um in the fact that we're still in the situation i've been, now this is the third time i think in the pandemic that i've been on millennial and the situation honestly is not any better outside of knowing that there's a vaccine that's been produced than the first time i was on and that was probably around march or april and you know we live in a country that the expectation level is much much higher and the fact that we're still here having this conversation i think is honestly it's a joke
2: agreed yeah
1: and no, a tragedy right.
2: when you consider the fact that the last time you were on Micah, how many americans were dead
1: it was probably less than 200,000 yeah. now it's more than no. more than double that so yeah. it's it is a tragedy uh, but the point just being is that we're no conceptually we're no f- further along yeah i mean yes there is a vaccine but as you just stated that it's been left in the hands of of you know, the states to try and figure it out. You need a federal plan and let's get this thing going 24 hours a day, seven days a week, mass distribution, use the national guard, use the military, like take this seriously and let's get the population vaccinated. Because even if you're saying, Oh, we're going to vaccinate a hundred million people in a hundred days. Well, what does that exactly mean? Does that just mean they're going to all get their first shot or they're going to get both of their shots? And that's only a third of our population. Yeah, I don't know. That's right. Still, leaves exactly. two thirds not vaccinated.
2: Biden's
0: trying. No, oh, I know so, he is. You know, I'll I'll hold out hope for now. He could screw this up too. We don't know, well, but let's well, hope not. I mean, I think he
2: also signed an executive order to tell these private companies that they have to prioritize production of the coronavirus vaccines over anything else. So that yeah,
0: it's like the federal defense. Yeah, something or other usually used in war. Right. Yeah. Instead instead of a gas station next to Laura, make a VAX station next <laughs> to Laura. Yeah. Stuff like that. Don't waste your time with I the gas stations. I would be okay stations.
2: with
1: that. I, I do want to say it is nice to have an adult as president. It is nice to have somebody oh, yeah. who follows the science as president. It is nice to have somebody with empathy as president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels and so good. And the same good. goes for the vice president as well. It feels like, you know, finally- There was just like this big crazy party while mom and dad were on vacation. And now finally, mom and dad are back and they're taking control of things again. Yes.
2: It's also nice to see Dr. Fauci is free. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's on cloud so nine. Happy. He's having a ball. I've never seen him smile so much.
0: I know. Oh, and he's very open about how the Trump administration was muscling him. Dr. Burks is also throwing the Trump administration under the bus as well, which is pretty entertaining to see.
2: It is. But at so the fast. same time, she's getting called out for the fact that she's admitting that she knew that Trump wasn't using the information she provided the administration, Mm -hmm. but that she didn't like actively try to inform the public of that information.
0: One other thing I wanted to mention in regards to Trump and coronavirus, there was this report that's fascinating. Misinformation about election fraud dropped 73% once Trump was booted off Twitter the reason it dropped so sharply was because everybody was just parroting what he was saying and it just spiraled out of control. 73% on one topic? That is mind-blowing to me. It just shows how dangerous Donald Trump was on the internet and in real life too, of course. But like, yeah. Facebook has to look at this and be like, we can never let him back on. They haven't said what they're going to do with Trump yet. And other social media companies as well. They got to be like, he was a menace.
2: Yeah. They also have to be thinking about how they're going to manage like cult recruitment on their platforms moving forward, because that's what this was. It was a mass cult. And who's to stop you know, say, God forbid, Josh Hawley decides he's going to run in 2024, for example, what's to stop him from doing the same thing? And then how does Twitter get around saying, well, he is, you know, a potential, you know, presidential figure. So what he says is of public importance. I just feel like we could get locked in this, like, vicious cycle. Right. Right. Until they're a little more consistent and they have quite frankly more like more teeth to dig into something like this it feels like they just didn't know how to handle the trump situation and it kind of feels like they still don't
0: no and they waited till it was easiest to ban him permanently you know yeah i agree it's a big issue and it's going to be going on forever so we'll just have to wait and see what happens <laughs> next there yep uh all right well we're going to Lighten up the mood a little bit. We're going to talk about pop culture, what we've seen in pop culture over the past week. But I want to tell you about something else that we love here on the show Love Book. Love Book is a personalized gift that helps people express feelings that might be difficult to say out loud. It's also one of the most unique gifts imaginable, and I could not recommend it more for Valentine's Day. Most customers use a love book to revisit their fondest memories or to list the reasons why they love someone. Love books are completely customizable, and people can use them however they like. You get to create the characters, the narration, and what they're saying to each other, and it all is so easy to do. Not only will your loved one be super impressed that you made a whole darn book for them, if you're in a relationship with the person receiving the book, it will also probably get you laid. And that's an Andrew Sims guarantee. There are so many clever, heartfelt, and surprising pages for you to choose from and make your own. You will have a blast making this book. And Love Book is a gift for anyone you care about, your parents, child, partner, best friend, a teacher, a fellow podcaster. The possibilities are endless. And whether you want to use them for Valentine's Day or not, the recipient of your love book will love it no matter when they receive it. Visit lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to receive a special 20% discount only for our listeners. Again, that's lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L. Valentine's Day is coming up, so highly recommend getting on that. Wanted to mention, as we turn to pop culture, that a slew of movies have been shuffled around again over the past week. Bond was supposed to come out in April up until a couple days ago. Now it is going to be out in November. Other movies moved around as well. But my main question here is, who's going to go to Bond in November? I know I said earlier in the show that there's going to be, maybe we will return to normalcy by summer, but people aren't going to be comfortable with those types of situations like an enclosed movie theater by November, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, it's really hard to envision. And I mean, I don't know, maybe I'll feel differently in November, but... From the vantage point of, you know, a society of people who have been unable to do that safely for almost a year at this point, it's really hard to imagine going back to the way things were. Mm-hmm. I hope we can.
0: Why even bother moving these really states like Bond has moved.
2: So many three or four times
0: at this point, there were rumors that Apple wanted to buy the movie to distribute it through Apple TV plus like just just say we're not giving this movie a release date right now. We'll get back to you when this pandemic is Mm -hmm. far in the past. It's silly to me.
2: I mean, so many movies are doing um, sort of like. Uh, co-release dates between like a theatrical release and an HBO max release, or I know Apple TV has one coming out too. Um, It just seems like that would be the smart way to go at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, do you ever want this film to get out there?
0: I mean, Daniel Craig will have aged like three years in the time when it was supposed to be released and, and Mm -hmm. you know, when it actually gets released.
2: Well, see, that's where we're in luck, Andrew, because Daniel Craig doesn't age. (laughs)
1: yeah he ages like a fine wine
2: yep he's looked the same forever
1: could they not just find some sort of streaming platform to release the movie on at this point his next movie is going to be ready to come out probably by the time that this first one gets uh released
2: right
0: i think bond is a unique situation in the studio's mind because it is a huge franchise and they're just going to make so much more money if they put it in theaters as opposed to releasing it digitally but I don't know, like, we still don't really know how Wonder Woman did. We we knew it broke records, but how well did it do really? And how does that compare to what it would have made at the box office?
1: No, I, I think it's a trust factor, though, going back to what Laura said. Uh, you know, let's say it does get released in the fall. How comfortable, even with a vaccine, are you going to be going to a movie theater and sitting however many feet away from somebody else? It's going to take a while to reverse that psychological thought process that people have. Yeah,
0: Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I
1: just don't think that pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back, just put it on hold for now. And then when you're actually ready to release it, right, release it.
0: That's another big factor that you just mentioned. Everybody's mm-hmm. just getting used to being around other people again, no matter where you are. We've become trained in the past year to avoid people at all costs when you're out and about. And now we're going to be taught to get closer again. Like restaurants are going to be so uncomfortable. I don't want anybody near me maybe ever in restaurants.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there is some collective trauma that everyone's going to have to unpack about, you know, being told like, hey, you're a human being, you're a social creature. Oh, wait, (laughs) please undo tens of thousands of years of evolution to uh, isolate yourself.
0: I also wonder, like, who's going to be the person to be like, all right, y'all, we can all Put away our masks. Like, when is that moment going to happen? It'll
2: be Dr. Fauci.
0: Oh, yeah. Dr. Fauci. He can be like on top of Mount Rushmore and have a bullhorn and just proclaim we no longer need masks.
2: (laughs) I'm still planning personally on wearing a mask during um, flu and cold season. I feel like it's like maybe one of the good habits that could have come out of this whole thing is going to be normalized. Yeah. Looking at other parts of the world where that's just a natural part of, you know, their collective health culture is if you, you know, if you're a little sniffly and you need to go to the store, put on a mask. Don't expose people to your germs.
1: I I mean, it makes me think back to the days of commuting where, you know, people would sound just absolutely disgusting a couple of rows over sneezing, coughing, not covering their mouth. You know, and you think about it, but that's how you get sick.
0: Uh, especially in New York. Yeah. Everybody there is disgusting. <laughs> Thanks. Have, have you heard, Micah, they, they dump their trash on the sidewalks? I'm just so repulsed by that. They do not do that. Laura doesn't like when I say that. He's
2: he's <laughs> he's referring to garbage collection. because yeah,
0: you yeah. guys don't have dumpsters, yeah. so you just throw it on the sidewalk for the trash people to. I uh, it's it's that's like the biggest reason why I would never move to New York. I just think that's so. I get why they do it, but that's not a city for me that does that.
2: Mike is gonna kill you. <laughs> he he's got. Mike that has thought look. of
0: leaving. He, he's he's kicked it around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I thought you were to say Micah's thought of killing me.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just a few times.
0: <laughs> um. So another pop culture item I wanted to discuss was we found out that HBO is now working on a Game of Thrones prequel series. It's an adaptation of a book that a lot of people are familiar with, Dunk and Egg. And now I'm going to turn it over to you guys because I have no idea what this is about. <laughs> Do you guys want this, Dunk and Egg? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the more celebrated stories that is a part of sort of that larger world that George R. R. Martin has created. Um, you know, it follows, you know, spoiler alert, you know, these characters who whose names are Sir Duncan the Tall and Aegon Targaryen. And, you know, f- for fans of Game of Thrones, you know, they'll know all about Aegon's history and, and the fact that he becomes the father of Aerys Targaryen. And, and so it's a really cool... Like kind of fun side story, it obviously takes okay. place before the events of A Song of Ice and Fire, which folks are familiar with from from the HBO series Game of Thrones. But if you're if you're like in the fan community, Duncan Egg is something that you you definitely want to see kind of come to life on the screen, especially who's going to be cast in those roles.
2: So I have a question for you. That story is finished, right?
1: Yes, <laughs> as far as I know. Oh, okay. It's it's not like <laughs> The Winds of Winter and A Dream of Spring. Right. which are still in production despite the show having played itself out on television, but um
2: Well, the reason I ask is because I really think the reason, I mean, I don't make it a secret that I think I think most of the fandom feels this way, but like the quality of Game of Thrones as a show Decreased pretty drastically starting around season five, and it's because they ran out of source material. refer to Mm. and so my concern with hearing about this news is like okay first of all is the source material complete
0: (laughs) right so they know what they're working towards right it is interesting to see hbo try to expand game of thrones because we're seeing that everywhere right now amazon is adapting lord of the rings marvel has a bunch of shows in development star wars has a bunch of shows in development as well Mm -hmm. i was wondering what other shows we would like to see to receive some spinoffs um, and I'm sure HBO, by the way, is working on other Game of Thrones spinoffs as well. Because yeah, I- they are.
1: And I would just add one thing. I think anytime you're able to take people back to the world, kind of like what we're dealing with with Fantastic Beasts, it it just it's nostalgic, right? And mm-hmm. it 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 sort of gives new life to the fan community, and it gives people something to talk about, and something to engage with, and something to watch. And I think that you know that's certainly something that. Is going to come if in fact they do move forward and do, you know, a Dunkin' Egg series. I I mean, I personally would love to go back to Westeros and, and, you know, you get to see sort of the precursor in many ways to a lot of these families, Mm -hmm. you know, you know the characters that come afterwards, but you get to spend time with, you know, their distant relatives. And I think that that's cool.
0: Yeah. So I would like to see like a Downton Abbey (laughs) spinoff series. There's so many characters in that television show, they could easily do a spinoff there or probably multiple. I was also thinking the hunger games, like we could see every single tournament potentially it's unlikely, but give us another tournament or two. That would be, that would be cool to see, even though I think excitement around the hunger games has seriously waned uh, just like it did for twilight. Not so much for Harry Potter, of course,
2: I would, this isn't going to surprise anyone. I would love to see some kind of spinoff for the West wing. (laughs) Um, They're, are so many characters whose lives and political careers went on after the end of the Bartlett administration. And while it's been quite some time, so I don't think that, like, timeline-wise it would be appropriate to try and show the Santos administration, it would be really cool to get a different perspective, um, like, maybe from the press room or maybe from, like, a different like maybe of congress or maybe just a different arm of government also written by Aaron Sorkin yeah and it would be really cool to see how some of those those characters who maintained their political careers after the end of the show could um, interact with some of those stories so you could introduce people as like kind of one-off side characters, and it would be like, oh, I wonder what happened to Ainsley Hayes. She just, like, disappeared halfway through the show, and now she's back. Um, Or we could see, like, hey, Sam Seaborn was gone for four years, but we know he came back at the end of the show, so I'd like to see what he's up to. Um, I don't know if they'll do it. It's the West Wing is, like, almost perfect television, with the exception of, like, A couple of subplots that were really lazy. So it's not that they need to do this, but I think people would be there for it. Mm -hmm.
0: And of course, we have to mention that today it was reported that a live action Harry Potter television series is in the works for HBO Max, which of course is huge news. And I just, I'm not like shocked or super excited right now, simply because this was inevitable. We knew something had to happen because all these studios, all these streamers, they need Game of Thrones TV shows, Lord of the Rings TV shows. Uh, you know, Sex and the City is getting rebooted. Like everything old and popular is has been brought back to life over the past few years. So of course that was going to happen with Harry Potter too. The good news is that it is reportedly live action. So that's good. I was a little concerned they were going to do animation, which would excite me a lot less. Um, but they're also... So Warner Brothers is currently hearing pitches right now. and. um, You know, another big aspect of this is that J.K. Rowling is probably not going to have any involvement of this in this. She's going to collect a check, of course. This is going to benefit her. So if you don't want to support her, you know, you're going to have to wrestle with this. But it is nice to see that somebody else is probably going to write this because, Laura, you bring this up on MuggleCast. You want to see other people write within the world, right?
2: Yes. I think that probably one of the only ways to save... The wizarding world from its creator is to let other creators into the space
0: and you just have to if you want it to expand
2: exactly also i'm just like as somebody who you know in another life i would have been so excited about this news but i just find myself wondering like okay so are we making a series and just putting jk rowling in the background so that we don't have to grapple with the discomfort of recognizing the serious damage that she's done or are we as you know is warner brothers um is the studio going to take a very strong stance against the damage that she's done and are they going to follow it up with actions to show that it's not just words right like i i have a really hard time feeling positive about this Without any kind of commitment to recognizing that the series that we love comes from somebody who has put some deeply flawed and fucked up rhetoric out into the world. But how are we going to take that back and make sure that our fandom is as inclusive as it can be and that there are consequences for shitting on an entire group of people? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what they could do. I'm just wondering what.
0: Unfortunately, I don't think there's anything. They could renounce J.K. Rowling. They could speak out against her and say, hey, J.K. Rowling, what she said was wrong. But they're not going to because they need her. Not to write any future series, but they need her blessing. They need her partnership because there's so much money on the line. They released a statement when all that drama was happening originally, and they were tiptoeing around the issue. It was It was actually an awful statement, um, but they they can't do anything else. They're they're stuck, and it it bumps me out. And you know, shame on them for not growing a pair of balls and speaking out anyway, and taking that risk. But
1: they're not going to do it. Just though, in terms of HBO Max getting this this TV series. I, I think it's exciting. I think it's going to pump a lot of energy into the the fan community. I've seen some people who don't want to hear anything about it, and you know, probably <laughs> don't think it's canon and and don't care much for it, and that's fine. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but uh, I do think though that it's going to be exciting for these next couple of years as, as this TV show comes into development, no matter what it's about, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's consistent in the timeline with, with Harry at Hogwarts, or it's something before or something after. And there's so many different directions that this can go in. And, and I think most importantly, it gives us content, it yes. gives us something to talk about on on MuggleCast.
0: Exactly. And I mean, I've never done a podcast about a television show before, I don't think. You know, not like a podcast dedicated to a television show. So I actually would be very excited to podcast about a TV show and talk about a new episode every week. What, Laura? Am I wrong?
2: Didn't you Didn't you do a podcast about Lost?
0: No, no. That wasn't me.
1: I can't tell if he's lying or <laughs> I, not.
2: I feel <laughs> like no, it I was haven't. you. No, no, no. There was
0: the Jay and Jack pod, Maybe like, I know Melissa from Pottercast was a huge Lost fan, and maybe... Maybe I'll lose the tone we like spoke about Lost, but we never oh, did a lose lo- the
2: tone. Yeah, I we never did a that.
0: Lost podcast. I don't think people listening can correct me. They, but I really don't <laughs> think so. I hate Lost, and we all know why. Because I turned twenty one on the day of the series finale of Lost, and nobody came to my birthday party because everybody wanted to watch the Lost series finale, and I for didn't that know reason, that yeah, yeah, Aww. That really sucked. Well, that was, that was the birthday that uh, you hired me the stripper.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I couldn't come to your birthday because you were celebrating it across the country. But I did hire you a stripper. Right. So.
0: Here in Vegas. I wonder if I could rehire that stripper that you hired me here in <laughs> Vegas now that I'm out here in Vegas. Where is he Sebastian? now? Sebastian. Sebastian. Isn't that his name? <laughs> I'm going to out, go out to the strip.
2: Sebastian! <laughs> Where <how> are you? <laughs> Oh, got to find that video. Yeah, I was just going to say
0: that we never we haven't been able to find it. It's such a disappointment. And
1: your neighbor is just going to walk outside. Be like, did you call me?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello, Sebastian. Remember me? (laughs) I was customer number four thousand five hundred (laughs) twenty two. It's
2: Like, oh, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You Sebastian (laughs) stopped stripping midway through because he had to go home and watch the lost finale. It was really frustrating. (laughs)
2: Before we wrap the show, we just wanted to take a brief moment to thank all of our patrons and acknowledge that this week's episode, like every episode of Millennial, is sponsored by listeners like you. Um, We have... Support levels as low as $2 a month over at patreon.com slash millennial, where you can sign up and find a plethora of bonus content, both past and present. So if you're looking for something to keep you busy, we've definitely got your back. Um, But it also just means a lot, especially in the year that we've all had, that so many of you have stuck with us the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to make this show a priority in our lives is... One of the best hobbies, one of the best things that we can have to look forward to, especially during a year as turbulent as this one. So we're just always extremely, extremely grateful for all of you.
0: Yeah, thank you. And we like to give the people what they want. And the people love Muggle Suck. This is a segment where we reminisce over the old days in the Harry Potter fandom. And we thought that since Micah is on this week... Micah can come over to After Dark and host a Mugglesuck AMA with us. Boy. So we have many questions about our days in the Harry Potter fandom that we will answer in today's Mugglesuck over at patreon.com slash millennial. It will be in
1: today's After Dark. Yeah, I'll make my recommendation. I know you two did it at the top of the show. Yeah, please. please. I mentioned, actually, I think when we were recording MuggleCast this past weekend, uh, a show called Ripper Street on Netflix and uh, a lot of... Listeners may have already seen it or know of it, but I just I found it and I've been binging it probably over the last couple of weeks. There's five seasons and they may be making a six, or I'm not sure. But I'm on season five now and it's really good. It stars uh, Jerome Flynn. We were talking about Game of Thrones earlier, um, who plays Braun, very uh, well liked character in that series, and actually has a lot of cameos from Game of Thrones. So. People like uh, the actors and mostly actors that that showed up in Game of Thrones, then they'll definitely like um, Ripper Street. And cool. uh, speaking Potter too, uh, Matt Lewis is also in it. In oh, nice! Seasons. Okay. Neville Longbottom wow, makes cool. an appearance.
2: Yeah, I watched the first episode the other day at your recommendation. It's really good. Okay, I'm looking cool. forward to diving in more.
0: Okay, cool. Well, thank you for that recommendation. And uh, we'll talk to Micah more in after dark. By the way, Griff pointed out in the Discord that's another patron benefit. People listen live as we record and uh, give us feedback. Griff <laughs> said when I was promoting the Muggle Muggle Suck, I had said we'll be reminiscing, and he said that's one way to put it. We gossip about oh, is, our time that, in the Harry Potter. Series I love family. how
1: you also told me about this like an hour before.
0: Yeah, sorry, I, I, Laura <laughs> and I spoke about it privately. I forgotten to tell you until an hour before. You don't have to answer all the questions, Micah, but... We'll see.
2: Yeah, you can plead the fifth. Yeah.
0: Everybody was excited that you would be a part of this week's Muggle Sucks, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. No, Um, this
1: was a lot of fun, as always.
0: Cool. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Micah, and his deep, uh, sexy voice. I've never called it sexy to Micah's face before. I think Um, you have. Micah's deep and sexy voice is also available every week on MuggleCast, so if you want to uh, listen to him more... Uh, you can tune into MuggleCast.
2: Andrew, I think you're blushing a little bit.
0: I'm blushing?
2: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Don't th-
0: people <laughs> tell us Micah's voice is sexy. They're obsessed with his voice. That's what I mean. And I like. I hope this isn't an insult, but I'm personally not like turned on by Micah's voice. And I don't oh, mean that with Andrew, animosity. I'm, I'm just saying it's not for me.
1: He <laughs> says that now.
0: Well, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is what the people
0: want. Uh, so if you have a feedback about today, do you find Micah's voice sexy, Laura?
2: Of course. Okay. Okay,
1: cool. Thank cool. you, Laura. He's
0: got
2: a great podcasting voice.
0: He does. I'm just saying I'm not sexually attracted to his voice.
2: That's all <laughs> I'm saying. Never, not e- Not even like sometimes when you're editing early in the morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, set, I set the speaker to my little boombox and I sit on it while Micah talks. <laughs> wow.
2: How uncomfortable how you could really I? Mike I Micah's going to leave now. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. You know
0: people, whenever a listener says, I love Micah's voice, I picture them doing that. I picture them sitting on the food box as Micah talks.
1: Is this I'm like, sure you... uh, what was the movie with Howard Stern? Yeah, Private, Private parts. parts.
0: Yeah, the, uh, what's that thing called? <laughs> they the sit Howard on. scene? She sat on the... St- yeah, the, the there's a word for it. Yeah, I'm forgetting what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so if you want to write to us today, please tell us how sexy you find Micah's voice. You can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com and also follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And thanks for following us there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm
1: Micah.
2: Bye, everybody.
0: Bye.